My first memory is in the Philippines, and I remember walking on an island that seemed like the whole island was nothing but shells. And I was on that island with my mom, and we had gone in a little canoe with some of the Fili Filipinos, and I collected shells, and I had those shells from the time I was two until about age 14. You collected the shells from, I, from I two did. to 14? No, I collected the shells at age two. Oh my gosh, and you remember I that? had them. Oh, yeah. Wow, that is, yeah, that is so cool I, because I, I, so that's the, of, of all the this talks I've had with people, that's the, that's the earliest. Two, two. Yeah, I was I was living in the Philippines, and I lived there from age two to three. And a lot of my life is defined by where I moved to and where where I was living. So my my next leap was then into Okinawa, and that's how I can remember what's what. That's that's uh, powerful too. Uh, I have similar categorizations. Now that you bring it forward like that, I hadn't framed it that way, but my earlier memories come from kind of that same sequence of where I was because I moved a lot mm -hmm. even when I was a child. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I always had trouble uh, uh, trying to figure out the memory thing because I couldn't I couldn't separate what I thought were real memories and then all the fill-ins like that came from stories that were told later or photographs or what, or maybe even film. Um, yeah. It I, was I, a little hard for me. I have some of that, but you know, what's interesting now that you're saying that, um, the tangible, like the sea urchin shell and certain shells I had and even the little box that I used to keep them in. Um, and it's funny because I still long for that little box of shells. It wasn't something that I disposed of. It was something that was disposed of when we made another move. And here it is decades later, and I still have um, a desire to have that little box. And I've made up for it in the meantime, because the house we live in has a very beachy feel and and we're two miles drive from the ocean and I still love to collect shells. That's great. That's great. So you have a new box. I, I have them now kind of displayed in different places. Like I'm in my living room right now and I have um, some mason jars in a curio cabinet that have some sand dollars in them and some different shells from um, the last place before I moved back to Solana Beach. I lived in a town literally called Shell Beach. <laughs> no way. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I moved back from Shell to Solana Beach from Shell Beach um, a year ago this May. Where's Shell Beach? It is in the central, it's right near San Luis Obispo. Oh, okay, yeah. I'd never, I never even knew there was a shell beach, but 
Now I've learned something else that's new today. Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's let's switch. Let's fast forward to where we are now. Tell okay. us tell us who you are, what you're working on, where. I think you've already mentioned where you live, but just um, yeah, give us a rundown. Yeah. So who I am? Um, I am an entrepreneur. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Um, I'm a collaborator. Um, what I'm doing right now is I am working on reimagining my business. My business is a leadership development practice. And last year I took a pause from my work because some of the work can be soul crushing. And my husband had suggested a sabbatical. So um, I went on a purpose seeking sabbatical from August to December. And I had an aha in November. And the way I articulate it right now is to be the leadership Sherpa to help motivate busy executives and students in at-risk circumstances build their creative leadership and connection skills for lifetime impact. Wow, that's a very powerful statement. There's a lot wrapped into that. There is. There is. And, and did, do I, did, did I understand this correctly when we were speaking before that you're, you, you travel has, is woven into this? Yes. Yes. So, so my um, first plans were to help leaders in 2020 go on immersive travel journeys and the leaders that I want to help and, and that I am equipped to help are both leaders that are in, um, you know, founders and, and corporate suites, the CEOs and their staffs. And I'm also equipped to help students in at-risk circumstances take travel journeys to build their soft skills and their, their inner leadership development um, to broaden their perspective and have a, a greater worldview. When you, so, sorry, go ahead. No, no problem. Um, so the reason why I feel that that is so important is the more we understand beyond our four walls or the mile or five mile radius around us, um, the better we can plan and integrate other views and, and build our empathy skills and build better systems and businesses. And communities is really the bottom line, mm -hmm. build better communities. Yeah, I really love that empathy piece and, and perspective. And we spoke about this before we started the interview. And we, because we're both well-traveled and how it just changes everything about how you see the world. It, it does. I, um, in fact, speaking of perspective, um, one of the practices that I've adopted through uh, uh, one of my mentors, Chris Brogan, is using three words every year and really digging deep for a month before the year starts. And my three words going into 2020 are purpose, perspective, and courage. And you've heard my purpose. 
um, my perspective is, is to broaden my perspective and that of others. And my courage is to flex my courage muscles to, to work on my purpose and help with perspective of my own and my community. That's really, that's really good. I, I have one follow-up question to your, the people that you want to help. The, stu sure. the students. Yes. What, what sort of students, what are, what are, what, when you say student, is it a, 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 like a college student or is it a student of life or? Um, oh, that's, that's a very good question. Um, it, it's actually students that are pre-college. So right now I am aimed at kids that are 14 to 19. And as I've shared the process and some of these practices, there are people that have said, oh, um, I know the next group of students that also need this kind of help. And those are um, college students that also have had maybe um, disadvantaged circumstances as they've entered college. Um, but right now I'm focused on the, the 14 to 19 year old segment. Got it. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Okay. So we're in this, as we record this, we're still in the, in the slog of the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Hopefully, someone's listening to this five or ten years from now. They'll they'll have a very distant memory of it, and it'll be a hiccup. But for now, we're in it. And um, you mentioned already that it has already changed. You know how you're looking at things, and when you when you're going to leap, and so forth. But what opportunities do you have now that you didn't have a month or two ago before the pandemic? Well. <clears throat> One of the biggest opportunities is to learn more and to really practice courage because I'm learning all new media to be able to reach people. Um, so I w I'm an avid traveler and so I'm so used to getting on a plane and I took it for granted. And um, I, I actually, I'll check that. I'll say I was, it was commonplace that I jumped on a plane. My husband and I were flying a couple times a month. Um, now we are sheltering in place and it's been years since we've been so many days under the same roof. Um, the opportunity is that I get to take a second sabbatical in 2020 and the sabbatical has been life changing yet again. Um, I've been participating in the creative workshop, one of Seth Godin's offerings, and it has been, um, so far, it, hearing from their staff, the most productive, the most creative, the most engaged. Um, yesterday, I also got a certification as a virtual convener, and what that means is helping go forward with convening in a purposeful way so it meets the objectives of the the people, the stakeholders involved. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and yesterday we also had another celebration, and that celebration 
was 100 days in the creative workshop, which is also called Pro One. And the 100 days, the creativity and the consistency of building, um, people were celebrating from around the world at 1.30 Pacific time yesterday, hosted by a woman um, in Australia, celebrating all the accomplishments people had made by being dedicated for 100 straight days. That's pretty cool. That, that was in the creative workshop? Yes. Yes. Um, and I'll be happy. Um, I know they, they recorded it. Um, I think you will feel, just even watching the recording, I think you will feel like the vibrational energy of everything that was accomplished. Yes. I mean, and these were performing artists. These are writers. These are photographers. And the spirit of generosity and encouragement was palpable. That sounds very um, powerful and transformational and inspirational. It, it is yeah. all that. And, and it would really be interesting to get a couple people from that experience, like a coach, a participant, and even Seth on one of these calls. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. All right, you can lead that. That's great, Annette. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're it. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll be there for you. I'll be, the, I'll, I'll be, the, the, I'll be there. Gladly. I would yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I All will right. do it. Well, we'll, we'll follow up afterwards and see okay. what we can put together. You know, make, okay. a, make a ruckus, as he likes to say, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. So um, let's, let's switch to um, some, some personal reflection for you on what you might have, what you might, and the, the word is success. What is your greatest success? That's not always, you know, that gets, that gets wrapped up in many, many different definitions. So we'll just take it wherever you want. How would, okay. you, how would you define it? Okay. okay. I, I, um, I would define success, um, I will borrow from the business community, um, from what I would say is more the enlightened business community of talking about the triple bottom line and the triple bottom line being people, planet and prosperity. And what I have to say about that is both in my personal life and my business life. Um, those three things weigh heavily. And in the people part of it, um, I was neutral when I was first married um, on having kids. And I have two sons. And they are my greatest gifts. And they're also my greatest gifts to the world. Um, at 28 and 26, they have a wonderful worldview. Um, they were raised in Solana Beach. And as you were mentioning earlier, it's kind of almost a perfect place. And what was great was we traveled from the time they were four and six. And then they've gone on to be world travelers and live abroad themselves independently. And they have 
done the traditional thing, gone to college, but they both have careers that are the roads less traveled and they are of service to humanity in very different ways. Um, they are very frugal and know how they have both lived financially independent of me. One since his freshman year of college, the other one as soon as he graduated from college. And um, my, my legacy really lives on um, through how they treat people and what they're doing for the world. Um, one, one is a professional lifeguard um, at, here in Solana Beach and has been a California state lifeguard as well. And my other one has been an international baseball player since he graduated from college. And in the off season, he's been um, skiing as a ski instructor in Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, And not just a ski instructor, but an adaptive ski instructor. What is adaptive ski instructor? Um, That means his clients can have a range of challenges from being half paralyzed on one side of their body because of a stroke to being autistic, to being blind. Um, So he helps challenged athletes have a wonderful ski experience. That's fabulous. And and it is it is it just a thing with your family that you just live in in like these perfect places all over the world? <laughs> no, uh, no, we well so so I I've got the um, funny thing about that. So the last two seasons um, for baseball, Reed has lived in Vienna, Austria, and that has been an amazing experience because it turns out Vienna is the top city in the world, um, and it has been for 10 years running, and it's been independently assessed. Um, so that, that has, uh, that's informed our worldview and some of the things we're doing these days. Um, but I haven't always lived in the perfect place, and it, always, and, and it has helped me inform my worldview too. I lived in Seoul, Korea in high school, and at that time it was the late 70s, and it was under martial law. Um, and martial law is a very strict thing. Um, when it's blackout nights, if you get caught with a light on, um, there is a price to pay. Um, so by living in these different environments, it definitely has helped build all of our empathy muscles. I'd say, yeah. How could it not? Martial law. is it? So we're, we're, we're flipping it now to challenges and the greatest challenges in your life and more importantly how you over overcame them is, is would that be one of them um you know it um my high school years were were very hard years uh I, a great challenge i faced in my life but it, it really ended up like most challenges if we take the learning out of them um becomes a strength um I was living in Orange County, California, when my dad informed me that we were going to move to Korea. So a 14-year-old that was just getting ready to start high school is now moving to Seoul, Korea. Um, And fortunately, his company gave us some really good coaching. Um, It was very real, um, but it made me feel like I had three strikes against me going into Korea. 
they said that it was a very male-dominated society. They said that it was, um, that they prized age and I can't remember what the third. Oh, and it, it was very um, Korean-centric. So here I am, a young foreign female. Yeah, you're, 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 to say the chips are down or stacked against you is an understatement. I, I was like, now tell me why this is good for me when I have three strikes against yeah. me. And why are we leaving Orange County where you know, this is kind of a cool spot? Yeah, so um, it turns out, while it was um, very, very hard, every day was very difficult for me, even though I was going to a good school, I could speak in English, um, you know, I was learning some of the language I could get around, um, but it, it was very difficult. And, um, and I had a very nice leap, but it was also a culture shock. So I went from Orange County to Seoul, Korea, um, a city of 9 million people. And then my dad came home and said, I'm, I re-upped for a third year. Um, I am going to allow you to leave here. Where are you going to go? And you can't go to California. And I blurted out, I'm going to write to my grandparents in Missouri. So I went from a city of 9 million people to a town in the Midwest of 4,000 people. Wow. <laughs> that was culture shock, too. Yeah, it could have been worse. Uh, we're in Missouri. Um, in Festus, Missouri. Oh, yeah, okay. I lived in St. Louis for a brief moment. So I yeah, in Missouri, and now I'm, I'm not far from Missouri, so I, I do know that. Yeah, so it, it turned out to be a gift because um, I had the first really strong maternal relationship with my grandmother, and... Um, I adored her and she taught me a lot of life's lessons and she, she was a, a maternal leader in my life. That's special. But isn't it interesting how, how the paths go, you know, and you could plan it all you want, right? You can have all the plans in the world and then your yes. dad comes in and says, guess where we're going. And then he comes in later and says, guess where you're not going or where you're not staying. And you're like, what? Uh, so what, what a gift to all of that was, right? When yes. You, so let's, let's think about that. Okay. So reflect back. And, and since that was your kind of your 18 year old time, what advice would you give that person? you know, now with, with your wisdom and with all of this? So um, one thing I would tell my 18-year-old self is I would tell her to embrace her wholeheartedness and her curiosity and don't see it as the weakness that some people are labeling you with. And the thing that I did not recognize as an 18-year-old was when you're wholehearted or very compassionate, a skill you need to have is having good boundaries. And the best, the best clip I could point people to as far as boundaries is there's a seven-minute dialogue between Brene Brown and Russell Brand that really unpacks it very well. 
that people that are truly, truly compassionate know how to say yes and no and keep others' stuff from getting in your your way or um, affecting your emotional state. I'm going to, I've written it down um, because if you, it, the, the second you mentioned Brene Brown, that, that did it for me, you know, that anytime I can get pointed to something new that she does. That's, yeah. You know. And you took the story skills, right? I did. Yeah. I did. I, that, I, did, I that did not, would, but that, I hear that's a good one. It, it is. It was my first um, journey into a Seth Godin platform. Yeah. And uh, you feel like, at least for me, and I, I think others have experienced this too, because it is such a full platform and it's asynchronous and um, live also, and there's so much going on, um, I really felt like I was treading water. But it was really great preparation to get into the creative workshop. And I have flourished in the creative workshop, as have my colleagues. Yeah, I think that one, uh, and now that you've, you've spoken about it so highly, is, it needs to be on the list for me. Yeah, for sure. Okay, how about recommending something that will help us maybe level up, maybe find purpose, a podcast, a book? You've already recommended two or three things, so is there, is yeah. there one more maybe, one more you know, pro level that you'd like us to, to dive into? Yeah. Um, it's funny. My husband and I practiced um, going through these kinds of questions together, and I was like, oh, no, Bob, I can't do one. Um, but if I'm limited to only one, and especially because we are in this time where we need to do things differently than we used to do things, um, I would really recommend um, if people are trying to convene um, an organization called conveners.org, which really helps the stakeholders of a meeting or a convention or a festival, figure out what tools and techniques to design for an amazing experience for the people and to get the outcomes the people are trying to get. And believe it or not, there are some ways to gather people in virtual space and actually achieve this. And conveners.org can skill you up for doing that. It sounds really, really cool and uh, it, well, it sounds necessary almost, right? Right, right. Because, uh, and having, you know, organized uh, events and even, uh, I have a, go down a rabbit hole, but I have a, a, a cycling event that's a big festival. But I can imagine using this, you know, learning some things. How do I make that better, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was great. Um, I just got a certification as a virtual convener with them. And the case study, the practicum I had to do was, um, I was put into a case study with three other people. And the scenario was taking an event that was five years old that had grown from 75 people to 7,500. 
that was supposed to take place in Belize this year. And yesterday morning, we designed a whole event with a month um, on-ramp, a 24-hour festival that would be virtual, and a month off-ramp for um, millennials and investors to get together for social impact. And I could not believe what we could create to achieve the objectives of the stakeholders. That's fascinating. Yeah, you know, just even the the framework you just mentioned, the on-ramp, the festival, and the off-ramp, the, that, that in itself is, is insightful for me. Yeah, it, it's really filled with purposeful and human-centered design. Yeah, design, how important is that, right? That's really, that's where it lies. Yes. That's fascinating. Well, I'm glad you recommend it. I've written it down, and I hope other people will check it out as well. Okay, one final thing. One question that uh, is the last question. If Given the times we're in right now, if you could send an email to everyone on the planet, and, you, and unlike most email, it actually is opened <laughs> and read, what would you say? What would, how would you write that? Oh, I, I love how this is coming together. Um, what I would say is the world needs creative leaders right now. And so, world, work on your creative leadership skills. And I would invite them in that email to go see Aishi Bursell once a week at her virtual tea, where she used, uses her principles from Design the Life You Love. And she takes everybody on a one-hour virtual tea where they get to do a fun exercise to build creative muscles. And then they get to hear from a thought leader. And she convenes us at 5 p.m. every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern time, every Wednesday, and it's magic. So, can you, can you repeat her name? Sure. It's Aisha, and it's Bursell. And Aisha is A-Y-S-E. And she's a designer and, and a um, well-recognized thought leader in this space. And she's taken design principles to help us all be the kinds of people we want to be and, and that can contribute to our world. That is so good. And having done these now a number of times, uh, you're the first person that's actually in the email put a call to action and said, okay, come do this, which I think is great. I think that's, that's the prompt we need. Great, great. And it's a gift. She gives it as a gift to all of us. Yeah, that's fabulous. Uh, and you're, you're, you're the point of that you made about creatives and, and being creative. The, the thing I have found with, as I discuss being creative with people is that m- many people I run into, they probably more than 50% believe creative is reserved for someone else. It's not for them. That's not what they are, right? Yes. 
And that's the magic of Aishi. She helps all of us find the artist and the creative power within us. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, <laughs> what's today? I already missed it. Okay. But um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forward um, the invitation to you so that you yeah. can do it next week. Okay. Well, I, I, yeah, gosh, I'm looking forward to it. Annette, this has been wonderful. Um, it's been so good for me. And you, you b- besides the, it, it's been insightful, it's been instructive, it's been inspirational. It's, it's also been calming. You have a very calming, soothing way of speaking. And thank you for that. That's really, really nice. You're bringing tears of joy to we, my we eyes. Really, we really all need that right now. So, yes. Um, you're, you're a true gift. And I look forward to connecting with you another time. And I'm so thankful that we had a chance to meet. Thank you for this opportunity. Oh, it's been great. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, likewise. How can you not in Solano Beach? (laughs) Indeed.